Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. How are you going, Brent? I'm going well, Ken. How are you? Well, I'm all the better for talking to you, but let's hear you. I was going to say, let's hear your funny story because you've had a bad start to the day. And uh, tell us what happened. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was merrily brushing my teeth and I turned the, uh, the faucet off, the, the tap off, and all of a sudden there was just a, a flood. I thought another had come down and the antediluvian situation had occurred. and the whole bathroom couldn't turn the water off. Didn't know where the mains are to turn the water off. Didn't know what I was, you know, how to control this situation. And it sort of reminded me about what we were talking talk about last time when we spoke about the things you can control yes. and the things you can't control. So <laughs> it's taught me a very important lesson, uh, Ken, because uh, going away for the holiday break means I'll be away for three weeks. And whilst it was a hell of a shock and uh, I you know I didn't I just I had no concept of what to do I'm in reflection really happy it happened today because had it have happened when we were away for three weeks nobody would have known no can you imagine going back to that no it would have been an absolute disaster so um, a word of caution to the wise find that little blue um, well, it's coloured blue. I now know that water's coloured blue. The trapdoor for your water mains, so you can turn that off if you need to, and also electricity in case there's a, a, a big issue in a, a short. So, yeah, yeah. Be in, be in the knowledge of those things that you can control, Ken. Yes, it's always a good idea to know where your Toby is. Absolutely. Is that what it's called? It's called a Toby, Toby. yep. Okay. Well, you see, I'm okay with things financial and things <laughs> around that, but like my wife said to me today, as, as a handyman, uh, I'm not really handy at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's one of the things I, I said to my daughters when they go, I said, where's your Toby? Because you might need to turn your Toby off. Well, I'll be looking for Toby, and I might even be buying Toby a Christmas present. <laughs> All right, uh, talking about Christmas presents and uh, not necessarily a good Christmas present for uh, some or many, and that's the recent move by the RBNZ where they hike the official cash rate. But for people who have got not much, not much of an idea like me, explain what the official cash rate is and why, uh, if when it goes up, things go bad. So the official cash rate is uh, one of the instruments that is available to the Reserve Bank to control um, inflation. So the Reserve Bank is an independent body from government who is uh, 
who is mandated to keep inflation under control. So this all came about really, I, I guess, from the 1970s. If you can remember back to the, the Think Big projects and things of that nature when inflation really ran away. Yeah. And what inflation means is that prices, that your money is worth less next year than it was today. It eats into the purchasing power of your money. But it also means, though, is that as prices uh, as prices rise, you, you don't have as much capacity um, to purchase goods and services or to um, service your, your mortgage or things of that nature. So in order to keep inflation under control, inflation is that, that evil sort of thing that eats into the purchasing power, you use or governments use interest rates or governments um, instruct uh, the independent body, the Reserve Bank in New Zealand, the Reserve Bank in Australia, uh, the Federal Reserve in, in the United States, and the Bank of England in, in the United Kingdom. They instruct them uh, to use interest rates to keep inflation under control. Why do they do so that? Why, why, why don't they just let it have its head and let it go its natural way? Why do they step in? Well, I'll give you an example. Look at Turkey today. Yep. Take a guess what inflation is in Turkey. Very much higher than what we are going to be ever. It's 80%. Wow. So why, don't, why doesn't the government step in? Well, because they, they, they took the easy course. It's too hard. Yeah. Uh, people vote, and um, it's going to cause a lot of pain. And when it causes pain, people uh, react in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that's, you know, in that society, in Turkish societies, as it was in, um, in Argentina in the 80s. Um, when inflation runs away like that. I mean, that's what happened, in, in uh, unfortunately, in Germany, in the mm. Weimar Republic. It was actually cheaper to um, put banknotes on your wall as wallpaper than it was to buy the wallpaper wow. or to buy the paint. Inflation here has hit you know, 7 to 8%. There's uh, stories yesterday out, uh, in the newspaper of being 10% um, for food inflation and the Reserve Bank needs to put a lid on it. So what they do to dampen spending, to dampen people uh, spending too much money, is you rise the official cash rate, yep. the interest rate uh, that banks interbanks inter, inter will loan at, and by doing that, uh, you, you are absorbing more of the cash that's sloshing around in the economy because people have to pay more on their mortgages or on their debt. And it's people who, with mortgages that are affected the most, isn't it? Um, well, it's it's people with debt, not just with mortgages. Uh, there will be businesses who have borrowed money in order to expand um, their operations. So a business who's borrowed money to you know, for planted equipment or um, to hire more people or to create more sales, it will also have an impact on them. But for us at the coalface, yes, we see it uh, initially in what we're paying for a mortgage. So I'll give you an example. If... Um, if you had purchased a property, and I'll have to use simple figures and round yeah. numbers, uh, if you'd borrowed, say, a million dollars, or a hundred thousand, you know, a million, say a million, I've done the calcs on that, you would have been paying $960 a week on that mortgage. Um, now, if it comes off the, the existing fixed rate that was existing from two, three years ago, at about say two percent, and now it goes to something with a seven in front of it. You're going to be paying around about eighteen hundred. Wow. 
weight. So it's a doubling of of uh, that. Yeah, put it put it in perspective. That's an extra fifty two thousand dollars a year on top of what you were paying. But yeah. also, I, I suppose, well, perhaps in the short term, uh, they're talking maybe a lot of businesses are going to go under because, uh, like you suggested last month, that, uh, you know, hey, do you really need to go and buy that $8 cup of coffee and put that money back in your pocket? But the poor guy whose cafe you were going to to buy that coffee, all of a sudden, he's not selling any coffees. Well, that's right. It does have an impact within the economy. It has a, a flow-on impact within the economy, and that's the that's the um, the economic you know, fascination with, with things that, I mean, the, the Reserve Bank has already said they're going to manufacture, I guess, uh, for one of the better word, a recession. When uh, 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 an economy goes into recession, it means negative growth. And negative growth normally results in companies tightening the belt, mums and dads and individual companies tightening the belt. But at the same time, it means that governments should um, be spending more on infrastructure, on hospitals and the actual infrastructure, so as that we don't re- recreate or don't have a situation that was similar to the Great Depression um, of the 1928-29 uh, era, uh, when governments contracted. You can't have governments contracting, they must continue to spend, but individuals have to rein in the, in the, in the reins and, and stop that uh, excess of spending, and that then has a flow-on effect. Uh, to the guy that's in the or the lass or the laddie that's in the coffee shop yeah. uh, selling that coffee, you're quite right. Um, I don't know that it means a lot of businesses go under. I mean, we're resilient. Human beings are resilient and we'll find ways of working through it, just as we have done in a global pandemic. Um, we just need to find ways of tightening that belt. Uh, it might not be that cup of coffee. We might still support local, but it might be, you know, having an overseas trip or doing something where we're spending too much and apply that money to our mortgages to get the debt down. It beggars belief, doesn't it, to think that uh, here we are this year, we cannot find enough people to enter the workforce, yet next year we're talking about a vast increase un- in unemployment. You can't get your head around it, can you? Well, it's it, it, it's just timing within a market and within an economy, and um, obviously we can't make we can't make comments about um, areas to do with uh, political decisions. But uh, the one market that is very very tight at the moment is the labour market, yeah. um, and, it, and, and it's a market in New Zealand that is regulated. Um, we've got to remember that. New Zealand, uh, uh, along with uh, the Scandinavian countries and, and a, a few other countries, have a regulated labour market. There is a minimum wage. There is a living wage. It's not a, an unregulated market or a laissez-faire open market like it is in Asia. Mm. And we should celebrate that. You know, people are not working in McDonald's for $2 an hour yeah. like they are in countries like Singapore or uh, Hong Kong. Um so there is a price to pay for that, sure. and that is that um, that is that uh, you know there's a there's a barrier to entry. So we've got to be careful with that. Uh, in that there are there are a, a labour shortage skill, and that means that we might have to import that labour, um, and that comes with all sorts of thought and difficulty these days uh, because we have um, the added you know, the added area of well, is that person's bona fides? Uh, you know, um, what, what's their background? I need to do uh, more stringent background checks to let people uh, come from uh, other countries into, into New Zealand, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
If you wouldn't mind explaining for us, for the uninitiated once again, I mean, um, let's say uh, uh, the interest rate's gone up 75% basis or 75 basis point. What's the basis point? Basis point is 0.01%. 75 basis points is uh, 0.75 of 1%. Mm -hmm. 100 basis points is 1%. Um, So it's a way of... um, it's a way of uh, getting the idea of 1% into a small, small figure. So the, the Reserve Bank can generally, you know, it can move things by, they call it basis points. It's one one hundredth of yeah. 1%, basically a basis point. Um, and we would expect, I mean, from all that I'm reading, unfortunately, Ken, and I would expect they will probably raise the uh, official cash rate again. Unfortunately, what are you so picking? How much? How much are you picking? They're going to raise it by, or is that, is that crystal ball gazing? That is crystal ball gazing. But for, for my personal self, I'm I'm banking I'm banking on seventy five another seventy five basis point rise over the next year. So when I'm looking at borrowing money, I'm thinking that the official cash rate will be about five percent. It, it could go to five percent next year, and you've got to add another two two and a half to three percent on that for the bank's margin. So I'm I'm doing my calcs on paying eight to eight and a half percent in terms of a mortgage rate. Okay, so those increases uh, by the Reserve Bank uh, they're likely to impact, as you say, they are going to impact on anyone who's got debt. But what about investing? I mean, what's the plus side to that for someone who's got some money? So from an investment angle, um, it, you can invest in four different well four different instruments. I mean, cash is really not an investment. Um, But your cash is being eroded by inflation. Uh, You can invest in fixed interest, which now is moving back into positive territory because the official cash rate's going up. So you're getting compensated for that. You're getting a you know 4 or 5% return if you put it into fixed interest. Uh, You can invest in property. Um, But property comes with leverage, so generally you have to borrow, so you counter that. And you can invest in equities, which are companies that are growing um, or companies that have um, uh, that are selling a product into the marketplace and have some form of perceived value. So what's happened in the economy in the past 12 months is that equities, shares, have uh, decreased in value. Um, there's been, a, a, on paper, a capital depreciation of those shares. And that now means that the forward-looking estimates are very, very positive. Um, what, what it's really saying is that the, the price-to-earnings ratio is exceedingly attractive. Uh, forward-looking earnings and estimates are around about, you know, an 8 to 10% return looking forward. Uh, so very positive for investing, mm-hmm. uh, very positive for equities, and almost to the to the to the lay clerk, to the lay person in the street, almost a counterintuitive, um, a counterintuitive idea. But that that's just what the economics is suggesting. What about bricks and mortar? I was uh, watching telly a couple of nights back and saying that uh, house prices in uh, in the main centres, like in Wellington, I think they're thinking they're going to drop seventeen percent, or they have dropped seventeen percent. So someone who's thinking about mm, bricks and mortar, what a great idea to get into that market. Would that be a, a fair assumption to make? 
Well, it's certainly an assumption. Yes, it's certainly an assumption. Not an assumption. It's certainly a reality. I mean, the fact of the matter is that uh, house in, in Wellington, where I'm living, um, is now, as you just said, 17% less expensive than it was this time last year. Uh, so, you know, a million-dollar house last year is now 800 830,000 on paper. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's far more attractive. But I think that. Um, you've got to go back and do your own sums. So um, the, the market is also tighter in terms of the lending criteria. So, uh, f- for example, as you as you may recall, I'm I'm in the market looking yes. for property and, and to buy a property at some stage. Now I'm in my fifties, and the banks are saying, "Well, we won't lend you uh, money until you're, you know." Uh, a, 75 or whatever the case may be so I can only get a mortgage for a shorter period and the criteria are much more stringent so you've got to take all of these things into account and you've got to you've got to work through it from a, a numbers uh, perspective to say well if interest rates increase what would my mortgage rate be versus what I'm paying or what I would be paying in rent and what works out to be more satisfactory and what's more cost effective and in the long run where do I see myself being is this where I'm going to put roots down and so I think there's a couple of factors you've really got to pull into play here Ken yeah we're just about out of time so I would just wonder uh, a sound bit of advice which I know you will give someone who's coming into uh, 2023 uh, looking at markets which are uh, for borrowing purposes are you know, getting out of reach, perhaps. What's what's your advice to someone who's either thinking of investing or is thinking, "Geez, I'm going to be in trouble here." I, I think it's about taking stock. I think in these difficult times, and they they will be difficult, Ken. Yes. Uh, if if the Reserve Bank and um, successive governments are also, you know, stating that it's going to be a tough time, then we need to hunker down and um, we need to make sure that we've got our our, um, our, our ducks in a line and that we can cope uh, whilst things become a little bit more financially stressed. We're in control of that. We can be in control of that. The thing that we're not in control of is what the official cash rate does, but so long as we've made plans and we, we've got alternatives to be able to service that debt and mortgage, we can get through it. Yes, indeed. Look, Brent, uh, we're out of time. I just want to thank uh, you on behalf of myself and uh, the listeners to Radio Hawks Bay for all the time that you've given us over the past 12 months, your uh, sound financial advice. And I hope you have a fabulous Christmas and a great new year. And look forward to talking to you in the near future. Well, well, thank you so much, Ken, for having us on. And, and also, thank you for letting me know what a Toby is. <laughs> I'm going to be um, all the better for that. <laughs> you have a great Christmas, and I wish all the listeners... A very happy, safe, blessed Christmas and New Year.